Wow. That was a beautiful song, Jana. Beautiful. Powerful. Well, I thank God this morning that he's here. Because if he's not here, I don't want to be here. And he has shown up, and I'm very thankful that he does. He knows exactly where we are and what we need. And he knows exactly how to minister it. Even though we're all in different places and spaces, he still, in his omniscience, knows how to minister what we need. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you for honoring us with your presence, for meeting with us, Lord, today and every time that you do, Lord. Father, I pray that you would continue to minister, Lord God, that you would let me decrease and you increase, Lord, that you would guard my mind and my thoughts and my words, Lord, that I speak only what you give me to speak, not adding anything to it or taking anything away, Lord. And I pray, Father, that we take it with us when we leave this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today, you know, I was thinking about it throughout service. Today, the world has picked a day that we celebrate mothers, and there's days that we celebrate fathers and other, other things. But every day is a day to celebrate what Jesus Christ has done for us. Every day is a day that we should be thankful for a Savior who left his home in glory to come down here to live as we did. Sinless, but endure the pain and the suffering that he did for us, that we can be healed, that we can be saved, that we can be in right standing with the Father and have our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that that is something that we should celebrate and be thankful for every single day. And so as I was praying about, Lord, what do you want to say today? Because this is about you and not me. You know, today I thought, well, should I speak about mothers or, and women and and. Sometimes I don't like to speak on days where it has a designated day of what it is because it, it causes me to struggle to hear from what God wants versus what I think people think I should say. And so as I've been doing this, you know, you can take it for you because it's for men, women, young, old. It doesn't matter. But I'm going to read a scripture out of Proverbs. It's um, 14.1. It says, every wise woman builds her house, but the foolish one tears it down with her own hands. Every wise woman builds her house, but a foolish one tears it down by her own hands. And nobody would ever say, well, I tore down my own house. We would say, no, I didn't. But the thing is, do we recognize the things that's coming in our house and tearing it down? The things that we, as parents, or just people who even live by ourselves, there's still an atmosphere in our house. There's still people that we encounter. And so that's really what it's about. Because, you know, there's a difference between a smart woman and a wise woman. There's a difference. A smart woman is a woman that is considered smart as it relates to the world's sense of what's smart and successful. But a wise woman is defined as wise through her relationship with Jesus Christ. Because a wise woman knows that she is nothing and she could never build on anything of herself except knowing who she is through him and what he's done for her. Same for a man. It can be said the same thing if you want to say for a man too. But the wise is knowing who their creator is 
and submitting to him as the Lord of their life. That's the wise. You know, because the contrast of the world, it tells us that we need to be competitive. I mean, in school, we're, we're in sports. We love sports. We're to be competitive, and we're to compete. And it's never, we're never supposed to compete against the people on our own team, but sometimes it turns out that way. We end up competing against the very ones that we're supposed to be playing with and we're supposed to be going forward with. And that's because self rises up and self wants the glory for it. In Proverbs 13, 20, it says, He who walks as a companion with wise men is wise, but he who associates with self-confident fools is a fool himself and shall smart for it. And as I read that scripture, I noticed it says, he who walks as a companion with wise men is wise. A companion is someone you're close with, someone that you communicate with, that you associate. It's more than an association. It's somebody you're around, you glean from. But it says, he who associates with a fool is a fool himself. It, see the difference between companion and associate? Because it takes just that little bit of difference of bad morals corrupting good habits. It only takes just an association with it here and there versus you didn't even have to be a companionship with them. You don't even have to be a close friend to them, but you can just hang out with them every once in a while, and what they're doing is going to appeal to your flesh and cause you to smart for it, which means hurt for it later. You'll make some bad choices. And so, you know, as I was reading this and I thought, Lord... Help us to do the right thing with a right heart. As I read through scripture, you know, there's some, there's some kings in here who, who did some right things, but they had wrong hearts. They had wrong motives of why they'd done it. They'd done it because they were supposed to. We come to church because we're supposed to. Check the box. Well, that's doing the right thing with a wrong heart. That only gets you just a little bit for a minute, that show of what you're experiencing here. If you're doing the right thing with the wrong heart, then you experience God and seeing him move it today. But if you have a wrong heart, when you walk out of here, you're not going to have anything. You're not going to retain anything because your heart's not right and it's not willing to receive those things that God has for us. But there was another king, King Uzziah, and Second Chronicles 26 verse 5 said, He set himself to seek God. And as long as he sought God, the Lord made him prosper. It said God helped him. His fame spread abroad, and he became very strong and wealthy. For he was marvelously helped till, till he was strong. Till he became strong and he could see that he could beat any army that come against him. That he had enough money to pay for what he wanted and not have to seek God anymore then he became proud to his destruction then he trespassed against the Lord his God today you know God set a table and he offered us help that we needed and he was available in this place as he is all the time and as we seek him and we receive from him then we're helped and we're strengthened but for us to go out of this place with a wrong heart to say, okay, I feel good now, I got it. And we walk on and we go and we associate with some people. That quickly, quickly leaves us 
and it does no good. Therefore, he is not our strong help anymore because we've let him go and we didn't retain him because we were just wanting something to make us feel good. And don't get me wrong, God makes us feel good. Yes, he does. That song that Ricky sings, he's greater than any high, any drug, any alcohol that we can do. He is. But he's also lasting where that stuff is not lasting. And I tell you, I'm in it for lasting things. I'm in it for eternity, for eternal things. And so today I felt like the Lord was just wanting us, and he spoke several times so personally and so intimately to us that if we're willing, he helps us. We don't have to figure it out. We don't have to be so competitive by what we see, uh, the good things that others have, because first off, we don't have those things in ourselves. They're not ours. God gives the gifts and the talents that we see. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, from above. That's the good we see when we see things in people or the good things that they have. It's not from the person themselves. And so, especially as, you know, I was thinking, Lord, today's Mother's Day. We should have a, a mother's message. And I'm thankful all these things have been said. There's mothers and there's fathers that who have bore children naturally and ones who have not. And we're thankful for the ones, that the lives that we're a part of, you know. There's mothers of the church. There's mothers of prayer. There's mothers in different types of ways and fathers, you know, in different areas and being a mentor. And God places those people in our lives. And as that song Jana sang, you know, you have to know the backstory to that to, to know and understand that. You know, God places things and people in our life for our good if we'll receive it. And we won't rebel against it because most of the time those things come in hard times. They come in hurt, hurtful things. And God will place things and people in our life for it to be a healing and to be a stepping stone versus a stumbling block. Just like the Holy Spirit told us today, don't become bitter. Let, let it make you better. And when we struggle and when we seem to fall, the righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. That's the difference. Is We're not a perfect people. We are walking and trying to do our best, but when we fall or when we make a mistake, we get back up. We get back up. And... Who you have around you is important of how fast you get back up or if you get back up. That's a true statement. That goes back to that companionship and the associations. Of who you associate with depends on how long you're down or even if you get back up. But who you're a companion with, the people you're around, determines on how the short period of time that you stay there and they're going to say come on yes it hurts let's cry we're going to cry together and we're going to it's okay to cry I'm just going to tell you it's okay we have feelings and we have hurts it's okay to cry it's okay to be disappointed and the Lord even said these things today you know 
the world tells you that it's a weakness if you cry. Lord knows that's how I was raised up and encountered some hard things with people. And it made me to feel like that I should never cry. And so I didn't. And it made me very hard and cold inside. And it's taken 24 years of being saved and in a personal relationship with the Lord to soften me in some of those places. And to learn that it's okay to cry. It's a cleansing. God gave us those things to get out, not to keep them bottled in. It's okay. And... In this companionship and association, especially young mothers or mothers in general, and it makes me think about the school and the PTO, the PTC, that type of stuff. You know, if they're your constant companion, a lot of times they're competitive. They're competitive about who's in, you know, we, wanna, we want the best for our kids. We want the best for our spouse. But we can become competitive in those things just by who we listen to and who we're around. Well, if you're in business, well, you got to be look out for number one, you know, because that's what the world teaches you. Step on all these other ones to get to the top. Well, God says promotion comes from him. And he'll do the same for our children. And we've seen it time and time and time again. And so... Who we're companions and who we associate with. Not saying we're not going to have some associations and acquaintances with, but we stay far from them and they're not close. And especially with the young mothers coming up and trying to say what's right and what's wrong and all these things is to teach your kids, and y'all are doing a wonderful job. I just want to tell you mothers that you're doing a wonderful job with the kids that I see right here in our church and I'm sure we're not the only ones but I'm so thankful to see that you're raising your children up in the fear and admonition of God you know there's a lot of people that say that they love God and they might but they don't fear God in a healthy fear that causes us to obey him and that's an important key a lot of people are teaching their children to love Jesus. Oh, say you love Jesus. We love Jesus. But they don't fear him in a healthy sense of reverence and respect because he's both. He, he's a God that we, we love and serve, but he's also somebody to be respected because he holds the power of life and death of our souls. And so... There's not really the whole lot of what I want to, you know, go over today except for what I said, you know, already in the scripture. First Peter, it says, do not let your adornment be merely outward. And a lot of times your association with people is just an outward adorning. It's something they want you to see. They're successful. They're smart. They're wealthy. That's just an outward appearance, a lot of things. And they may very well be. But on the inside is what's going to matter on that last day. That's what's going to separate us from saying, Enter in, thou good and faithful servant, until the, unto the joy of the Lord. Versus, depart from me, I never knew you. And so, today is a day that, you know, I feel like that that's what the Lord wanted to bring about. Because it's not just with the outward 
merely an outward arranging, the hair, the wearing jewelry, putting on cute clothes, all those things. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with incorruptible beauty of a meek and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. If we want, you know, one day I asked myself, I said, Lord, this says it's very precious in your sight. He didn't say it was very precious in man's sight. He said in his sight. So I said, okay, Lord, then help me to start seeking out what is very precious in your sight because that's what's most important. And, you know, the word incorruptible caught my attention because when we are centered on Jesus Christ and we guard our hearts with the people around us and our associations and what we do in the privacy of our own home, that's where the real test comes from of what you do when you're all by yourself and nobody's there to see you. He sees us. It gives us something inside that makes us incorruptible. And that's the guarding of the Holy Spirit that's continually a cleansing and a conditioning of our heart that convicts us, that chastises us, that encourages us. And I'm so thankful for that. You know, it didn't say that you couldn't adorn yourself. It's not to say that we can't do these things. It says, but it's not merely just that. It's the things of the inside, the spirit, a right heart and a steadfast spirit before God that gives off the true beauty of who we are. And so I just want to leave you with this today that if you've been struggling with some comparison, I'll tell you to just sit there for a minute and ask God, who do you say I am? What have you called me to do? You might not like the answer so much because you're going to think you can't do it. I'm number one right here to say that's exactly right. Because when I asked the Lord that, it didn't look like for me standing up here doing this. It did not. I would not have wanted to do this, chosen this. Lord, I'm not qualified to do this. And I can say I'm not. But I can say he does the equipping He's the one that leads and guides and directs of how he wants to say. And as long as I follow his leading, it's not up to me. It's not up to me if you like the message. It's not up to me if you got anything out of it. It's up to you of what you do with it, with what he deals with your heart about. It's not up to me. Because the Lord's not going to ask us what the world said or what the world did. He's going to ask us what we did with what he said. So he's going to ask me what I did with what he said. And I'm going to say, well, here I am, Lord. I'm doing what you said. And he's going to ask you, what did you do with what you heard today? Because that's what you're going to get something out of, is your response to him, not response to me. And so all of that to say with the Lord didn't say anything in vain today. He didn't say anything that was not needed for somebody in this place. So ask him what was for you. Take hold of it and say, okay, help me to walk in it. Help me to do it. But I'm not going to look at anybody in here when I leave here, even though the devil wants to come against my mind and say, well, that's a flop. That, 
I don't know why you talked about that. That didn't, didn't seem to go over. Doesn't matter if it goes over well with me. Because all I can do is speak what he gave me to speak. And the rest is up to you as a people who hear what God's saying. And it's not saying it for me. He spoke many times this morning. And so I encourage you today to grab hold of that and then walk out of here with it. There's a song, I can't remember the title of it, but in the part of it it says, Lord, don't let me leave out of here um, between the altar and the door. Between the altar of what happens here at the altar, by the time I get to the door, to leave it and forget about what, it, what you say and what you did. But help me take with me what I felt in my heart, of what I felt you speaking here today to me. Because God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He is omnipresent. And he is omnipotent. And he can minister to each of us where we are and what we need even if it's not what seems to be coming out of my mouth, just, just because of who he is. So I encourage you to take what God has said and done today and let him work it for you. And I can tell you, you won't be disappointed. You won't be. Because God, anything in God is never wasted, even in the hurtful times, even in the dark times, the painful times. He uses those times to promote us to where he has us going. And sometimes we can't get there without those times because it changes something in us. It teaches us that God's faithful and that he's willing to do what he says he'll do. But am I willing to do what he tells me to do? So today, I encourage you to go out of here not sad, not like, uh-oh, I, I feel bad, I didn't do that. Not like that. Just say, Lord, forgive me. Help me to be a moment right now where I'm going to take what you said, and then I'm going to do something with it. And walk out of here being changed. Don't leave it up here at the altar of where you got it from and think, well, I'll pick it back up next week when I come back. You may not have that opportunity. People always say we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next minute in this building. Not tomorrow. We're not promised the today at the end of this day. And so I just encourage you, if you feel like you've made mistakes and you're a failure, we've all fallen and come short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. So just simply ask God to forgive you. And asked you not to do that again. And he will. I just felt the need to, to just interject that. If you feel like a failure. And I'm going to tell you. If you're a parent. There's times you feel like a failure. There is times where you feel like. You have blown it. You don't know what you're doing. Because your kids will make you feel like that first off. And then second off. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> you know. We you know, people try to write a, a guide to parenting and all that. It can give you some really helpful tips. And especially if you have more than one child, they're all different. So I just want to encourage you. We've all felt like a failure. Because we may have. We may have failed big time. And because somebody might have said we did. 
but we don't have to stay that way. That's the good part. We don't have to stay that way. I tell you, there was years where I did feel like I wasn't the best parent because I wasn't like other people. I didn't act like other people, I, you know, and I felt guilty for a lot of years, and I beat myself up until finally I just said, Lord, I've been looking at this for me, all about me. But I finally said, God, I thank you for keeping him in my mess. You didn't let my mess go on to him. You did not let my shortcomings and failures be something for him. He had to choose once he got old enough if he was going to walk in my failures or my mistakes or he was going to say, no, I'm going to walk in where she is today. And that's serving God. So I want you to know that if your children are blaming you for some things and they're, they're old, you know, they're 18 and above, I'll even say a little younger now, but it comes a time where they have to make some decisions for their own actions and then they have the consequences of them just like we do. But you don't have to beat yourself up over it. You can say, son, I'm sorry. I made some mistakes, and I did say those things, and he didn't even remember them. How great is that? How great was God that he didn't even know what I was talking about, you know, because God can do that when we truly change, and we're willing to say, I'm sorry. I messed up. I, I didn't know how to handle that, and we don't at times. Even when we're not parents, we don't know how to handle situations sometimes, and we do what we know to do, and I tell you, God's able if you're going down this path because that's what you thought you were doing, he's well able to show us and tell us of the different path to say, no, I want you over here. Come over here. It's okay that you went over here, but now I'm saying stop. I want you to go this way. And then all we do is we say, okay, and we walk that way. We do have a part in it. Parents, you have a part in forgiving yourself and doing some things different if you feel bad. And you know what? God helps us every step of the way. That was another encouraging thing because when I thought, God, how do I even do this? He says, I know how. You just seek me and then follow me. So I want to encourage us today to do just that, to seek him and then just follow him, even when we don't know, even when we're not sure. All we can do is do our best as unto him and not unto man because we... We disappoint each other. You don't, don't get your eyes too set on me. Keep them on God because I will disappoint you. Not I don't want to, but I'm not perfect. And I'm overcoming some things myself. You can too. And it's a choice and a decision that we make to do. So I encourage you all to do that. Let yourself off the hook and move forward in God because he has great plans and purposes for us all. If we just will walk in them. So I want to say I love you. Thank y'all for joining us today. And God bless you. And uh, go and enjoy the rest of your day. We won't have service this evening. But we'll be back here Wednesday night. Um, Father, I thank you, Lord, for what you have spoken and what you've done today, Lord. And I know, Lord, that you have a plan for it. So I pray, God, that as we go throughout the day, that you remind us of it and let us meditate, Lord on what you have for us as individuals, Lord God, and to be free to walk in it. Lord, I pray your blessing. I pray your protection upon this people as they go. 
Lord God, and enjoy the rest of their day. That we would all meet back together on Wednesday, Father. And I give you thanks and praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen.